February 2nd, we are rolling. Had our second Africa training yesterday morning. Um, that will be upon us in 30 days. 30 days from now, we will depart for Africa. Had a conversation with Pastor Chris. He wanted me to assure all of you he is alive and kicking. Um, he is, um, there's been a lot going on in Deepahani and in that area. Um, they had a very tragic accident occur uh, there about four weeks ago. Um, a, it sounded like a tractor trailer. He didn't have his lights on. A, tr- a farm tractor didn't have any lights on. The farm tractor tried to come out onto the roadway. The tractor trailer saw him at the last moment and swerved to miss him and uh, ran over about um, seven people. And five of them died. And uh, they were 15 to 19 years old. And Pastor Chris said, not only was our funeral home busy, but I as a pastor was very busy for um, day and night, day and night through that whole thing. And um, so, you, you know, in the, in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of things like that, um, there's nowhere to turn but to God. Because there, there's no way to understand. There's no, there's no way to... Um, but, but, you know, um, and so, you, you know, that community is, that community is still reeling from, from that loss and from all of those things. So, um, again, I just, uh, we're looking forward to what we're going to do. We're actually, Pastor Chris has been saying this forever, and he's actually pulled it off. We're going to do a tent crusade. We're going to do a tent crusade this time, uh, do, a, do a tent revival. There will actually be a tent set up, and um, you, you know the interesting thing about these in Africa is lots and lots of people normally come. Lots and lots of people normally come. So um, that's going to be it's going to be interesting to see um, what the Lord is going to do. And Pastor Chris said, "I'm going to leave the days. I'm going to kind of leave the days alone and base it upon what happens each night." And, and he did say, and he did say that you will arrive, you will arrive um, in the village uh, on Wednesday evening and be ready to preach. So it's going to start Wednesday night. So, um, yeah, we've seen that, haven't we? Uh, so praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for what he's doing. And, and so we want to pray through this week for Ross and Isaac and that team as they're working and uh, just that God would just... Pour them out in Guatemala. Just pour them out there in Guatemala. And, um, and then, um, you know, continue to pray for the Africa team and, um, and all, that God will, all that God will do through that. Um, so turn in your Bibles, 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. We, we made the journey through 1 Peter. And um, so the author... The author to First Peter was Peter. Okay, and, and it's funny. It's funny how um, it's funny how people um, how people sometimes um, deny that, or try to deny that, or try to prove something different, and and all of that. Um, 
we believe, based upon what Peter said right here at the end of this, that he had an amunesis. He had an amunesis. He had a secretary. He had a, a person that wrote what God told Peter needed to be written. And, and that was Sylvanus or Silas. He was the writer. He, he was the one that wrote down the things in First Peter. And so now we come to Second Peter, and, and I have to say, I ask the question, why a second letter? Well, you, you know, Paul wrote, a lot of, Paul wrote a lot of second and third and letters. John wrote um, first, second, third letters, and so on and so forth. People, people wrote, um, you, you know, letters. And, and, and another question is, is, where is Peter? Where is Peter as he's writing this? And they actually believe, they actually believe that 2 Peter is being written while Peter is in prison in Rome. And you know what, you know what's about to happen. You know what's about to happen. In fact, Peter is going to talk about it. Peter is going to talk about it in this book. He's going to talk about his imminent death, his soon coming death. And we know that he died on a cross, and we know that he said, I cannot, I'm not worthy to be hung on a cross like my Savior was, so I want you to hang me upside down. I want you to hang me upside down. And so, but, but that's coming, and so they believe because what, what, an, another piece of this, another piece of this is, um, is that Nero is the emperor right now, and Nero was, Nero was not a nice guy, okay? Nero was evil, and Nero's going to die in 68 A.D., Nero's going to die in 68 AD. And so, and, and, and boy, a lot of things, a lot of things are happening around this. And, and again, so, so the theme, the theme to Peter's, to, to Peter's first book, if, if you remember, the theme was about the church and about the suffering and persecution that the church would go through. He was trying to encourage the church in that day and, he, and, and as well, the church today, the church today. You, you know, not all churches, not all churches are able to meet like we meet. Okay, there, there, are some, there are some folks that are having to meet in secret. There are some people that are having to meet in darkness. There, there are some people that it is, that, that it, um, it, could mean, it could mean imprisonment or their life for their faith. In this world today, in this world today. So, so when we come into a place like this, when we come into the house of God and we come to hear from God and we come to worship God and we come to pray and things of that nature, I, I want us to understand that not everybody in this world has the freedom that we have. Has the, but, but, but yet, but yet, and, and let me just say it, let me just say it, you ponder it, Throw at me what you want to throw at me, but let's just, let's just think about it. Is the worship the same? Is the worship as authentic here as it is there? Just think about that for a just, just ponder that. Think about that. We, we come here, we come here Sunday after Sunday. We come here Sunday after Sunday. Here lately, I've been joining uh, Wayne and Sam on Saturday nights, and uh, and enjoying what God is doing in the city of Hopewell at basketball church. 
and and just uh, just getting to see just getting to see what what God is what God is doing. I, I you know I want to be. I, I I've always told you this. I want to be where God's working. If I if I was to hear about if I was to hear about a revival breaking out somewhere and three thousand people being added to the church and things like that, you might not see me for a few days because and if and if you wondered where I'm at. If you wonder where I'm at, you could just, you could just, well, where did that just happen? Because I, I want to see that. I want, I want to see God working in that way. So we get here to 2 Peter, and I wonder, I wonder again, why the second letter? Why the second letter? And, and the theme, see, now this, is the, this is the difficulty they had, because they had a lot of difficulty um, putting this as one of the 66 books of the Bible. They had a lot of difficulty um, doing that, and, uh, and, and it's a very it's a very interesting journey. But but the thing is, in the end, they said Peter probably had no secretary. Peter was probably writing these words himself because they were trying to say, you know, he, the vocabulary is different. Well, okay, um, and and then and then there are others that come along and say, but look at all the similarities in the cap, in the vocabulary and so on and so forth. And you, you know, God God knew what He wanted Peter to write this time, and and the focus this time, the the key word, the key word to Second Peter is knowledge. You will see there's only three chapters in Second Peter. There's only three chapters in Second Peter. You're going to see the word knowledge more than any more than anything, and, and that is, a, and that is a, an intimate and a personal knowledge. An intimate and a personal knowledge. And, and what is Peter going to address here? What is Peter going to address here? And you've got to understand that the, the church is relatively young. The church is relatively young, yet false teachers and false prophets are rising up from within the church already are rising up already. And, and, and what he's going to do, what he's going to do is he's going to expose this. He's going to expose this. He's not going to get, he's not going to get specific to any one cult or any one denomination or anything like that. He's simply, he's simply going to talk about the false preacher and the false prophet and, and those that have risen up from within. And, and guess how he's going to accomplish it? Guess how he's going to accomplish it? You remember that word knowledge. You never remember the word knowledge. He's going to talk about our salvation. He's going to talk that we can know that we are saved. That we can know that we are saved. That you, you realize that there are some people that believe that you can't know to, that you're saved. That you've got to live it right to the very end. And you hope, and you hope when your ticket is punched... You hope when your ticket is punched that you've done enough. But Peter, but Peter is going to clearly show us that we can know that we're saved. He's going to say, he's going to say the next thing you need to know is you need to know the Scriptures. You need to know the Scriptures. You need to know God's Word. And then you need to know your adversary. You need to know who your adversary is. And what your adversary is, is doing, and, and it's, isn't it interesting that he says, know the truth, know the truth before you know the lie. Because the only way to know the lie is to know the truth. So we gotta know, we gotta know the truth, and then, and then he's gonna wrap it up with knowing the prophecy 
that's before us, knowing the prophecy that's before us. Think about where Peter's at. He's most likely in prison in Rome where he's going to lose his life for his faith. That's about to happen. That's about to come. And, and, so, and so writing to the same group of people, writing to the same group of people, and we, we remember that part of the description of Silas is Silas is the one, Silas is the one, Silvanus is the one, to, one and the same person, was the one that made sure that the letters got where the letters needed to go. Okay? He was the one that made sure that the letters got to the people that needed to see those letters. Does God have a plan? Is God's plan being played out? And, and, and you, you know, we, we spoke in, I spoke in Sunday school this morning of Peter, James, and John <clears throat> on the mount with Jesus when he was transfigured. And, um, and what, a, what, a, what an amazing moment that was. What an amazing moment. And, and, and there, was so, there was so much, there was so much to be learned. And, and I told, I told the, the ones, I said, I said, here's the thing. Peter's having a hard time getting it back there. Peter's having a hard time getting it. Peter says things and he's rebuked for it. He says things and even God himself, told, in a sense, told Peter, be quiet and hear Jesus. And, and, but I tell you, but I tell you, Peter's got it. Peter's got it. Peter, Peter, is, Peter is, is God's man in the moment as he is, as he is writing this message at the end of his life. So let's read a little bit of this opening, the salutation, the beginning of the letter. 2 Peter 1.1, Simon Peter, a bondservant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust." May God bless the reading of his word and may God bless this opening to the letter, this, this salutation, this, this, uh, this greeting to that same group of people, the, the elect exiles, as he called them, the, the, the church that was, that was scattered, that was scattered all throughout Asia Minor, all throughout that area. Simon Peter, he's recognizing himself as a bondservant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. And, 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 and here's, the, here's the thing that we need to understand about that bondservant or, the, or, that, or that slave or, or that servant of the Lord. Peter is leveling the playing field. And he is saying, you know what, Christian? I'm just like you. I'm on the same level as you are. We are, we are all like in that way. Peter was, no, Peter was saying, I'm no, greater, I'm no greater than any one of the rest of you that has professed the name of Jesus. That has professed the name of Jesus. And I, and I, want, I want you to understand something. I stand here as your pastor. And you know what? I'm just like you. 
I'm with you in this walk. I'm with you in this walk. I know that there are expectations that you have of me. I know that you have expectations of Scott and expectations of Sean and expectations of Wayne. And and, and I know that because we carry the name pastor, you have expectations. But please don't elevate us. Please, in no way, shape, or form, don't don't elevate us. We, how many times, how many times do we hear? You've got a, you've got a better connection with God. You, you should be the one praying. No, no, we, we as, we as God's children, we, we as Christians, we as born again believers, we're the ones, we're the ones with the same power. We've got the same power, and that's what Peter is saying. Peter is saying we are together. We are on the same level, okay? We, we are together here. There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing that elevates me above you as a Christian. And he's going to explain that. He's going to explain that. Now, he's going to say something. He's going to say something that is, oh, what, what a tremendous privilege. What a tremendous privilege he was given but he calls himself an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what that, what that means, apostle means eyewitness. Apostle means eyewitness. He was an eyewitness to the, to the death, to the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he saw him. He saw him go to the cross, and we know what happened there. We know what happened in that, in that conversation, right? We know that what happened as Jesus was about to go to the cross, we know what Peter did. And praise God that he, he got restored. He got restored even in that, even in denying Jesus three times. And, and he, he got to see Jesus hung on the cross. And you might, you might say, well, how is that a privilege? How is, that, how is that anything good? But see, but see, Jesus has been had been telling the disciples, and remember, his inner circle was Peter, James, and John. Even though there were 12, there was an inner circle, and the inner circle was Peter, James, and John. And he had been telling them about his death. And you, and you remember how it goes. You remember that Peter rebuked him for, for telling them about that, for telling them that he would die. And, and, and rise, from the, rise from the grave. And Peter, Peter rebuked him for that. Peter rebuked him for that. And what you remember what Jesus told Peter? Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Because you're thinking like a man. You're thinking like a man. You're not thinking about the things of God. And, and so Peter, is, Peter had the privilege of seeing Jesus die on the cross, which Jesus told them, he was going to die. That's why he came. He came from heaven to earth to die for our sin. Okay, that, that's why he came. And, and Peter got to see that. Peter got to see them put him in the tomb. And Peter got to see him after he had risen. And we were talking about that moment of the transfiguration. We were talking about when, when his face shone to the sun and, and, his, and his robe was, was glistening in white. But you know what? But you know what? I don't think they truly had a glimpse until they saw the resurrected Jesus. When they saw the resurrected Jesus, 
they saw him in his glory. They saw him in a way. And, and I mean, that was, that, that, was, that was him revealing the glory of God at the transfiguration. He was revealing the glory of God because he was, he was God. So that's how Peter describes himself. Okay, so Peter's described himself in a way that says, listen, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm on the same level you are. We, we, we are Christians in this together. We are all Christians in this together. There are some that may be more educated than others. There are some that may have create, or committed worse sins than others. But you know something? As believers, as believers, we're together. As believers, we're together. It says, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. To those uh, who have obtained, okay? The word obtained is a very strange word in that culture in that day. To have obtained something means that you received it, yet you did nothing to deserve it, or you did nothing to earn it, or you did nothing, you did nothing, there was nothing you could do to receive this gift. It was all because of Jesus. It was all because of what Jesus had done for, for us. Because, because, you see, because you see, if there's some way to earn it, if there's some way to pay for it, if there's some way to, if there's some way to this, if there's some way to that, if there's some way to, to, ha- to manipulate it in a way that, that man could have control over it, do you see the problem? Do you see the problem there? Of, of, what, of what could be, of what could be if salvation was of anything other than the Lord? Was anything other than the Lord? To those who have obtained like precious faith. In other words, again, stating that our faith is the same. That, that our salvation is the same. That we've all... Now some people, some people, Paul had a Damascus Road experience. Paul had, Paul had a bright light. Paul had a bright light. Some saw the light, some, some didn't. Some heard the voice, some didn't. But Paul's experience, Paul's experience of salvation was Paul's experience of salvation. Now you may have come, it, it, depending on, on where, how you came from where you were to where you are. In other words, you, you were once, if you are here a born-again believer, if you are here a born-again believer, you were once without Christ. Okay, so there was your life without Christ. And then you came to know Christ. There was that moment when you came to know Christ. And, and I tell you that you should remember that moment. You should be able to tell people about the moment you came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And then from there, there's your life after Christ. Do you, you know what I just laid out for you? I just laid out for you your personal testimony. Do you understand that? And oh, by the way, we all have one. And oh, by the way, it's all, they're all important. And we, should all, and we should all be ready to share our personal testimony at any given moment. Because our personal story can help us lead to God's story. Can help us lead to God's story. And Peter is, Peter is, is saying, this is the basis of our faith. 
And oh, by the way, and oh, by the way, it's faith that God gives us. It's faith that God gives us. God gives us this opportunity of faith. God gives us this ability to grow in our faith and, and, and so on and so forth. You know, it, it, it is, again, so, so he says, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ. He's recognizing, he's recognizing Jesus as Savior and God. Jesus as Savior and God. It's, it's important to, to make those connections. It's important to make those connections. And then, and then here he is saying, you know what? It has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with him. It has everything to do with the perfect, sinless Lamb of God. The perfect, sinless Lamb of God has paved the way, has paved the way, has built the bridge, has built the, has, has, has built the bridge back to God back to a holy God where, where there can be no sin, where there can be no sin. And the only way to get across that bridge is, is, is Jesus. Jesus is the bridge. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only way back to God, the Father. And it's, and it's through understanding that it has nothing to do with our righteousness. It has everything to do with the shed blood of Jesus. It has everything to do with the death of Jesus. It has everything to do with him dying for our sin, and therefore we have the ability to be forgiven of our sin. We must repent of our sin. We must turn from our sin, and we must turn to Jesus. We must turn to Jesus. That's what, Peter, that's what Peter's telling these folks. We're, we're going to spend the first piece of this realizing, realizing that we can know that we're saved. We can know that we're saved. He said, grace and peace be multiplied to you. Be multiplied to you. You, you, you know, I, I like to think exponentially. You remember exponents? Two times two? equals 4, 4 times 4 equals 16. It's going to get hard from here on. So I'll just leave it alone for a minute. But you, but you know what I'm saying? I, I, like, to think, I like to think exponentially, and, and that's multiplication. You, you know, when we want to, you know, to see the church grow, to see the church grow, we, need to, we, wanna, we, we should want multiplication. We should want multiplication. And, and, and you, you know, when we, when we see, when, when we see um, addition is one thing, Addition is one thing, but multiplication is another thing. And it says grace and peace. Grace and peace. And, and this, is not, this is not from man. This is from God. Be multiplied to you in the knowledge. In the knowledge. And this word knowledge, this word knowledge is, yeah, I want you to think of, of the most intimate knowledge you have of anything or anybody. The most intimate knowledge you have of anything or anybody. I want you to think about knowledge in that way. I want you to think about it in that way as, as you understand what this word knowledge means. As you understand what, what it means to truly be in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. To know who He is. To know who He is. How do we know who He is? How do we know Him? Through His Word. We know Him through His Word. And what do we know about His Word? 
It is true. It is true. We cannot deny any of it. We cannot deny any of it. His word is true, and, and his word tells us about him. Tells us about him. And, and it says... He goes on in verse 3, it says, as his divine power. Now, now think about that for a second. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All right, so here's what he is saying. Our faith is not because of us. Our, our walk is not because of us. Our, what, we, what we know is not because of us. It's because of God's power. It's because of divine power that we have everything that we need. We have everything that we need. We, we have everything that we need. You, you, know the two, you know the two things you need more than anything else for this walk? There's two things. You need his word and you need the Holy Spirit. And, and oh, the way, guess what? As a believer, guess what? You got both. You got all that you need. You have all that you need in this walk, in this faith, okay? And you, th- you think about, you, you, you think about the, the heroes of the faith. You think about the heroes of the faith. You put any name in that blank you want to, okay? Now, if you go to Hebrews, you got to put certain names in the blank, and then there's a, a bunch of unnamed folks, a bunch of unnamed folks that, uh, that are in there just as well, but... But here's the thing. We have everything that we need for life, for life. Okay, you hearing me? We have everything that we need to live this life. And we have everything that we need to be godly. Everything that we need to live this life and everything that we need to be godly. To be more like God. Now, now understand something. This is not what you become when you die down the road. You do not become a little God. Okay? You will not become a little God. You will not become God down the road. Okay? There's only one true God. There's only one God. But a transformation has occurred. A transformation has occurred of our mind, of our spirit, of our body, of everything. A transformation has occurred, and, and that transformation goes all the way to the point of our glorification. But we will not become little gods. Now, the Christian, it, it actually, Christian was actually defined as little Christ, okay? But, and, and, and the point there is we want to become more and more like Christ each and every day. We want to become more and more like Christ each and every day. It even uses words like perfect. And when I think of perfect and I think of Pete, those two words are, they start with P, second letter E, but it takes a turn from there. But praise God, we know the perfect one. Through the knowledge, here's that word again, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. You see, Peter, you see, Peter, well, let's go there, and one group's already been there this morning. Let's go to 
Let's go to Matthew 17 for a second. I, I, I want to make this point because Peter's the one saying it. Peter's the one saying it, but yet, but yet here we are at the end of Peter's life, and Peter's, but, but I, I, want to, I want to bring out the point talking about the transfiguration. Peter says in verse 4 of chapter 17 of Matthew, Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, this is after Jesus has been transfigured, and, and it says, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Because, see, that's the three that were there. That's the three that were there. And there were, there, there's, a whole lot of, there's a whole lot of issue around that, there's a, of what Peter said, okay? Because Peter didn't get it yet. Because Peter didn't get it yet. But Peter was thinking, this is the moment. This is the moment we've been waiting for. Jesus. King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus, the one who will rule over the kingdom has arrived. And uh, that's when God, in a sense, told Peter, be quiet and listen to Jesus. <laughs> listen to what he has to say. Because, because this moment that we're reading about right here, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Do you know when the true when the true glory of God, and, and, I, and I know that it happened over and over again. Jesus did perform miracles. Jesus healed people and all these kinds of things. But the, true, but the true glory, the true glory occurred when Jesus rose. When Jesus rose from the grave, when Jesus rose from the grave, that, that which only God could do, that which only God could do, that, that it's now, that it's now, that, that, that we are called to something. We, we are called to something. See, because when you become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have to choose to deny self. You have to choose to deny self. It says, deny yourselves, take up your cross, and follow me. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. The definition of a disciple of anyone, in this case, Jesus Christ. And, but then look at, look at what comes. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. You know what, John 10.10 10 says that I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. In other words, that's the here. That's the here and the Now. You know what, we can, we can experience a, a part of the kingdom right here and now. Right here on this earth. We can experience a part of the kingdom. But it's only a piece. It's only a glimpse. It's only, it's only a moment. It's, it's, not, it's not everything that's coming. The other, the other piece of this exceedingly great and precious promises is eternal life. Eternal life with the Lord Jesus Christ. And, 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 what, he's, and what he's saying is because, because it's going to come into question. It's even going to come into question in this book. Because there are some that will use some of this book to say that you can lose your salvation. That you can lose your salvation. There are denominations. There are Baptist denominations that say that you can lose your salvation. 
So you, you wonder sometimes, you wonder sometimes um, how Baptist has become a word that, a word that was never meant to become what it has come to mean to, to many people. Like I say, people are going to use some of this book to justify, to justify their stand on the fact. Because you, you want to know what, as I, was, I was, as I was beginning this, as I was beginning this journey, you know what they say is the hardest part of, t- of preaching Second Peter? The hardest part of preaching Second Peter is interpreting it correctly. How do you like that? The hardest pe- part of preaching Second Peter is interpreting it correctly. Interpreting it to, in other words, knowing what the truth of this is. Because you can, you can, get, you can get confused if you're, not cra- if you're not careful. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. And, and one of those promises is that, you know what? Our salvation is secure. That's one of the promises of God. We can't be snatched away from Him. And I praise God for that. I praise God it's not, it's not because I'm holding on to him. It's because he's holding on to me. Because I'm going to tell you what. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you what. I lost, I lost the use of these for about a day and a half this week. You should have seen it. You should have seen it. And it was because I had used tools that I had not used in quite some time. And those that know what I'm talking about know what I'm talking about. I came in here, I came in here to, write, to write a couple of things. I couldn't hold the pen. Thank goodness I could do, I could do the, the big things. Like grab hold of my steering wheel. Praise God I could do that. Because I couldn't hold a pen. And you know the next thing I couldn't do? You should have seen me trying to shave. Gets a little dangerous then. I I was putting it on like this, and I was going, "Uh, I think I'm going to have a problem. I didn't think about calling Becky and saying, Becky, can you just shave me? Because I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you what. Well, However, that, but, but you know what? And that's the razor in my hand. I, wouldn't that be something? I don't know why I told you that. I, but but, but I, I, just want, I, I, just want us to, I just want us to remember something. It has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with what the Lord has done for us. That, that you know what? I can't lose what I did nothing to gain. I can't lose what I did nothing to gain. And, and, and yet, and, and, and I know exactly what, why I told you that now. Because I said God holds on to us, not us holding on to Him. Because, because a lot of things get in our way. A lot of things distract us. A lot of things, a lot of things come. But, but, but Peter, is, Peter is saying, you know what? 
We all have like faith. We all got saved in the same way. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only way. And, and the promises and the promises that have been, have been granted to Peter are the promises that have been granted to each one of us. And, he, and, and, he's, and, and, and he's saying that through these, you may be partakers of the divine nature. In other words, not becoming little gods, but by, but by, knowing, by knowing who God is and by becoming more like him each and every day. You, you know, that's, that, that's, what we want, that's what we want with this. Do, does, our life, does our life look any different because we're a child of God? Think about it. You don't have to answer. You can if you want. But does our life, do, do our lives look different because we are children of God? Do people see Jesus living in and through us? On a regular basis, or is it something? Is it something that um, we shouldn't talk about? Is it something that's private to us and us alone? Or should people know? Should people know who we are? Should people know whose we are? Should should people know that? Of course, of course, they should know that. Of course, they should know that about us, because because you know what. When Moses went up on the mountain and got the Ten Commandments, he came down off the mountain and there was something different about him. Now, when Jacob, when Jacob decided to have a wrestling match with God, guess what? He never walked the same again. Because he came away from that different. You, you know what? You, you know what? We, as born-again believers... We were changed. We, we were transformed. We, we, took on, we took on a likeness. We took on a likeness and, and, we, are, and, we, are, and we are living out our, and, and working out our faith each and every day. And, and we, are, we, we want to be more like, more like Him. And then it says, having escaped the corruption... That is in the world through lust. Now I want you to understand something. We were all there. We were all right there in that place. We were all right there. But because of what Jesus has done, because of what Jesus has done, we have the opportunity to walk away from that. We have the opportunity to pass from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Do you understand that? Do you understand because of what Jesus has done, we have the opportunity to pass from darkness to light. Because, because whether you want to believe this or not, before you become a believer, you are living in the kingdom of darkness. You are living in the kingdom of darkness. I can't tell you how many times I've sat by somebody on a plane and I ask them about their faith and they say, well, I've been a, I've been a Christian ever since the day I was born. Really now. And how did you figure that one out? Well, my, my mother and my father or my aunt, my uncle, my grandfather, my grandmother, they always took me to church. I was in church since I was a little baby. 
But you know something? We're all born with a sin nature. We are all born with a sin nature. Every single one of us are born with a sin nature. Because, going all the way back to the Garden of Eden, all the way back to Adam and Eve, we're all born with that sin nature. And, and that's why Jesus, that's why Jesus came to earth and died on the cross was because of that sin. Because of that sin that we're all born with. And, and then, and then, we come to a point in our life where we realize, where we realize, and, and I mean, folks, we got five and six-year-old kids coming to Christ. We got, we got, we got five-year-olds coming to Christ, praise God, praise God. And, and, and they, don't, they, don't, they don't understand sin in the way that we understand sin. You, you know, their, their closet, I say that, but I'm just thinking of one particular closet right this moment. But, anyway, but, but, but their closet is not full of that junk. They're closing in full of that stuff like a lot of people have to come and in a sense offload when they come to Christ. Okay? And, and, but, but, but again, they have to come to an, a point in their life when they realize, I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I need Jesus in my life. I need, I need to repent of my sin. I need to turn from my sin. I need, to, I need to give it to the Lord. And the Lord has promised me that he will forgive me of my sin. He died so that I could be forgiven of my sin. And if I will profess him before others, if I will profess the name of Jesus and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, then the book of Romans says I can be saved. And we can be rescued or we can escape from the corruption, from the, from the filth, from the rottenness, from the dirtiness, from the, from the, from the death, from the death yielding decay of sin. We can be delivered from every bit of that. All we have to do, as Peter says, all we have to do is know what Jesus has done for us and know what Jesus gives us and know that Jesus is exactly who he says he is. Let's pray. Dear most precious Heavenly Father, Lord, love you, honor you, praise you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for how your word speaks. Thank you for Peter and, and, and for his desire to use every moment of his life to bring you glory. Lord, he, he took these final moments, he took these final moments, and he used them, and he used them to help others grow in their knowledge of you. To, to help others understand the source, the the way and the promises of our salvation. So Lord, as we, um, as we think about our own lives today, Lord, I pray that, I pray that, um, I would pray that every person in this room would know you as Lord and Savior. But Lord, I, but Lord, I, I can't assume that. I can't assume that, Lord, and I pray that if there be someone here that does not know you as Lord and Savior, Lord, that they would recognize their sin, they would admit they're a sinner, they would, they would ask you to forgive them, forgive them of their sin, 
And Lord, that they would ask you to be the Lord of their life. And Lord, that they would live for you, that they would live for you the rest of their days. Lord, for those of us that are born again, for those of us that know you as Lord and Savior, Lord, forgive us for our apathy. Forgive us for our lethargy. Forgive us for our laziness. Lord, may may you forgive us there. And Lord, may you strengthen us in a way that only you can. And Lord, that we would be about your business. That we would be about the task that you have laid before us. Lord, that, that we would want to make you known to a lost and dying world. There are far too many people leaving this earth with no testimony of Christ in their life. And Lord, that is tragic. Lord, that is, that is heartbreaking. Lord, may, may you use us. May you use us. May we obediently and faithfully follow you wherever you lead us. And Lord, we'll give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In your most precious and holy name, amen. Let's stand together.